I guess the question for us was how do we bring space into something that we is about people, is about the planet, is about humanity. Stephen Hawking, um, one of his last projects was something called the Breakthrough Message. Uh, and it was if we do meet uh, alien intelligence at some point, what do we say? We are still a, a planet of different people, uh, but how do we talk as one people and how do we talk as humanity? What would we give, give a little uh, idea to this intelligence out there of what we are, what makes us tick, what makes us happy? My name is Steve Austin Brown, and I'm a creative director here at Avant Garde London. Avant Garde is the experience agency that produced the UK Pavilion at Expo 2020 Dubai with award winning stage designer and artist S. Devlin. This challenge was very much what is the story that we want to tell? Rather than a passive experience, can we create an active, uh, collaborative experience for the visitor? How do we allow up to 25 million people uh, to contribute to write this message? The message would theoretically be one that we, as a human species, would send out into the universe. It's a way for us to reflect on the things we care most about in our world, but also our ambitions as human beings to innovate and discover. And AI is evidently going to help us. I'm Noon Saleh, and this is Inside Expo, an official podcast of Expo 2020 Dubai, where history is being made. World Expos have always been a hub for countries to come together and showcase the best of what they have. Initially, the focus was more on tangible innovations and inventions. But over time, participating nations started to express more elaborate or abstract themes through their pavilions. The objective started to evolve. It became more a collection of stories. So it was less obsessed about things. It became nation stories. And the UK has been keeping up with this trend of telling stories through structures. Its pavilions at the Shanghai World Expo in 2010 and then at Expo 2015 Milan, along with the current pavilion at Expo 2020 Dubai, form something of a trilogy, Steve says. The one in Shanghai... That first one, the Seed Cathedral by Thomas Heatherwick, was a collection of 250,000 individual seeds. Seeds are the, the, you know, the origin of life. Then move on to Milan and Wolfgang Buttress. His story was the importance of the bee. The beehive was a rather iconic structure, or as Steve describes it, sculpture, that resembled a honeybee colony. It was built to highlight the plight of honeybees and their value in our world. You can see one is showing a a vast collection. The next is allowing you to immerse in a story. The way we wanted to develop that thinking was, now can we let everyone make the story? 
And this is how the UK's pavilion at Expo 2020 Dubai takes form, with its concept of a collective message to space. So what you will see is expressed on the outside of our pavilion is a poem, is a collection of words coming together. And those words are donated, contributed um, by each and every visitor. To do this, the UK Pavilion is using a word processing artificial intelligence software that actually thinks of and writes out these poems. But for the experience to come to life, visually and acoustically, the design of the pavilion itself would also need to reflect the concept of the collective poem. This was something very much in Ez Devlin's mind when she was thinking of this. Is like but I, She wanted to deal with the voice as much as the word and wanted to create something that was almost a musical instrument. Something that looked like it could enlarge sound. And so the building, in both material and form, was designed with this intention. So it was created in timber. It was shaped, as I described, in that, that kind of... I don't want to use the word megaphone, because it's the wrong... But if you see what I mean, it is that kind of thing that you speak through and amplify out to the world. In this instance, we had an even bigger ambition uh, it, to amplify out into space. Artificial intelligence is basically a field in computer science. It is concerned with building systems, machines, that can think and behave like human beings. This is Aisha el Ruiz. She's a research assistant at the Sharjah Academy for Astronomy, Space Sciences and Technology. There are several uh, subfields of artificial intelligence. For example, we have machine learning. We also have robotics. We have uh, natural language processing, and many other subfields. The multifaceted world of artificial intelligence is pushing us to become more curious about how much more computers can do on our behalf in the future. But Aisha says whatever we're seeing today and whatever we'll see tomorrow is inspired by the past. The idea of artificial intelligence, how it came to be itself, is inspiring if we go back in time, back to the golden ages of the Islamic civilizations, we meet uh, Al-Khawarizmi, who is known to be the father of algebra, and he is the one who introduced the Hindu-Arabic numerals, which are the numbers we use nowadays, to the European Renaissance. Because without numbers, we cannot really code, we cannot program, we cannot write algorithms. This is one thing. The other thing is, in 1950, Alan Turing was thinking, can machines think? And ever since, people started, or sciences started to envision and visualize a world where computers uh, start acting and thinking like human beings. Around the 1960s, the fascination with robots began to grow, and industrial automation started to gain traction. In 1997, if I remember correctly, here is where we had an AI machine that was able to beat 
the champion in chess, uh, Gary Kasparov. And this was a remarkable uh, milestone in the field of artificial intelligence. And whether we notice it or not, AI is very much integrated into our lives, sometimes even in the mundane. We have artificial intelligence in business and banking. It's what helps predict the weather or streamlines transportation. In factories, when we are talking about packaging, uh, automation of that process. As well as in our digital assistance and voice recognition programs. We also have artificial intelligence uh, applied in the health sector. We also have it in agriculture. And then other times, it really stretches beyond our imagination and ventures into the universe, literally. Space exploration is like a very big door. Whatever inventions we do on Earth and send them to space, this comes back to us in forms of uh, knowledge, science, and economic income as well. Why do we need artificial intelligence? One example is a project known as the UAE Meteor Monitoring Network. We have a system that can distinguish between a meteor and other objects. How is that important? When that meteor is captured, we try to find the possible fall site of that meteor. This tiny or big rock is our door or our record to understand the formation of the solar system. So we know what kind of elements were there because at the end of the day, we are made of stardust. There are so many ways that AI can be used to help us better learn what's out there in the vastness of the universe whether it's to aid astronauts on the International Space Station or to predict the location of exoplanets outside our solar system to see if any of them could be habitable, or even just closer to home. Perhaps one day we can build a structure that welcomes us on Mars. Another thing I like and appreciate so much about space exploration is the idea of cooperation. Space exploration is a hub for global cooperation. It brings uh, different countries together to build something or to make something or to agree on something. This power of connecting minds from around the globe to input diverse data points and create a pattern of some kind is at the root of artificial intelligence. This is what makes a melting pot like Expo 2020 Dubai an ideal incubator to showcase and experiment with AI. By walking around Expo, whether we are looking at artificial intelligence or astronomy, we can see it in several pavilions. I've seen the sky in the um, Australian pavilion. Um, I've seen um, some examples of... uh, Muslim um, astronomers from the Golden Ages in the uh, Uzbekistan uh, pavilion. So Expo is really a great place to, to have AI in full manifestation so that the future generation can learn more about it and see, invent ways where AI can be utilized even further. What's delightful is that Expo allows Uh, all of the countries to come together. It's like the Olympics. It's got a spirit of togetherness. You're not out there selling things. Uh, What you're doing is selling visions, especially for something like Expo, where you've got a lot of uh, diverse audience. 
whatever we did in Expo had to really be about that, bringing people together, asking them to share in, in, in a collective message, and also to think about the bigger picture of humanity. And that's what you often get at Expos, are the big fundamental questions. This is the thing, the glue that brings our desires and our hopes of the project. So how, technically, functionally, and intelligently, pun intended, was this collective message actually constructed? We've been using AI uh, to allow, um, you know, a kind of combined story to be told. The invitation for, for our audience is give us that word that in some ways is really important to you, that speaks to you and humanity. The UK Pavilion's AI program was fed thousands of poems to quote-unquote study as a starting point. When someone inputs a word, it uses what it learned from these poems and the knowledge it gained from previous inputs and generates a two-line individualized poem, a couplet. AI can create that couplet uh, for each of our visitors in six seconds. Every six seconds, it will create a totally unique uh, in incorporation of your word into a poem. The AI has the capability of knowing what happened just before and what the next line is going to be. This algorithm can learn how to put words together. It can work out the patterns of words. It can uh, register the, the meaning, the sequence, the balance, the, the pace, the nuance, you know. And so gradually you teach it how to write and think poetry. So it can actually create quite a, a, a strange and surreal, at times, thread that runs right through. As sci-fi as this sounds, there was actually a very human process at the centre of this learning. Quite a lot of artists and science, scientists do look at poetry as a, a rather wonderful uh, way of exploring uh, how an algorithm might work, because poetry is abstract. Algorithms are the poetry of computation. Just like verse, they can be terse, elusive, dense, and even mysterious. Steve is quoting a mathematician and computational scientist named Francis Sullivan. He says there was a balancing act between the data scientists and the poets working on this expo project. But what it came to in the end was this mutual excitement over patterns. The magic point was... We work very closely with um, the, the Poetry Society here in, in the UK. That They would take the homework back and go, yep, this is great, this is terrible. As we progressed further and further, they were questioning which was done by the algorithm and which was an example of poetry. This wild experiment to merge data science with artistry and to do it all at Expo 2020 Dubai with millions of people, it's bold. How the poem will actually be blasted out into space in search of intelligent life is another question. This will be others, not, not me. I don't know how to send a, uh, a vast poem out into space. Um, the problem is alien intelligence doesn't understand uh, language or does it, you know, so... If you want to get into another debate, it's uh, how do you actually communicate? You know, is it colour? Is it sound? Is it gesture? 
Maybe that's something an algorithm can assist with as well. However, it is there, it is available. So yeah, no, that is a project in itself, I think. I think this is a human's nature or by instinct. We want to learn, we want to see, we want to see if there is something else. We know that this globe we are, which we are living on is just a tiny blue dot in this vast universe. So we really want to see if there are other people or other creatures um, in, in the universe. As humans, when we want something, we are willing to invest in it and see what the results are because it is never a loss to invest in knowledge. And the infinity of the universe, or multiverse even, is possibly the perfect metaphor for the limitless potential of AI. Today we think about a certain concept in astronomy or space, for example. Tomorrow it will change if we discovered something else. So artificial intelligence is actually an opportunity to offer many more things we, which we still have not imagined yet. There is an apprehension and an uncertainty of what AI means to people. You can look at a dystopian future, uh, of course. Is AI getting so intelligent that it begins to make us redundant? The algorithm does not have an emotion. However, what it is doing is is seeing patterns, repeating and twisting and turning patterns to create interesting stuff that we then put our emotion onto it. It started to become um, a focus and more than just a buzzword because AI can do so many things that humans can do and it can save them from doing mundane and uh, medial tasks. Humans are the makers of those robots, are the makers, makers of those artificial uh, intelligence algorithms. What this means is that there's probably less to fear when it comes to the evolution of AI and more for us to ponder when we look ahead to the role it will play for our future. Humans will be focusing more. We will be focusing more on the ethics aspects because we don't want evil uh, robots. We want good ones that represent humans in a good way. We also should look at policies. This will always keep AI grounded in, for the benefit of humanity. So the human is the key to artificial intelligence. Her long hidden charm to us, her mystery, her confidence, her hope, her resilience. But here the winds are like a happy living thing, and outside the boundary of the world, I see. Still in the dimming light, but it's hard to say what joy awaits. You are not long since you set that satellite that wheels and drifts in the empty air, or else forgot or never saw at all. I am staring at the poem, and every minute it, it is changing, and I'm reading it, and I'm, I'm just like, Sometimes I don't know what it means. Sometimes I'm trying to work out the word that was uh, donated. And then I'm reading one uh, a couple of lines and going, wow, that's deep. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm moved by that. So what exactly did our message reveal? This message that was crafted to mirror the fabric of humanity through our words, but also not our words? As, a, as an entire piece of work what was interesting is 
people are optimistic. People immediately, when asked about what is the word, some word that that you feel should be contributed to to humanity, do you know what? They they mostly think of good words. They think of uplifting, uh, emotionally positive words. There is a, a diversity of voices. Yes, but we all do have the same dreams. The same thoughts uh, begin a day, the same thoughts end the day, and, and throughout our day our lives are so different, but uh, as, a, as a, a human species we, we share way more than we have as differences. Inside Expo takes you behind the scenes at Expo 2020 Dubai, sharing our stories and others across the 170-year history of this global event. Learn more by visiting virtualexpodubay.com. Inside Expo was produced by Korean Cultures Network. Music in this episode by Polyphonia, courtesy of the UK Department for International Trade. We release episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Subscribe to Inside Expo on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. If you enjoyed the show, share it with your friends and leave us a review. 